guys, welcome to another episode of Get Up Time Podcast. I'm super excited. Today, I have the creator of Journal by the Water Ministry and author of Surviving God's Heart Incision, Marsha Charles. Welcome to Get Up Time Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ginger, for having me. I'm so excited to be on here. Ooh, I'm, let's get- <laughs> I'm so excited to share you with our audience today because literally, like, I just want to say the first time that we met, like I don't know if it was the same day or the next day we literally hung out together until like one o'clock in the morning just talking so (laughs) I already know our our conversation is going to be really good yes of course a a spirit recognized spirit was like oh yeah I love it (laughs) (laughs) so I created my podcast in case you don't know just to encourage somebody to get back up every time life knocks them down So it's all about resilience and just being yourself and authenticity. So with that being said, how has life knocked you down? Yes, life, life attempted to knock me down in many several ways. Um, I would say one of the many, I'll name some, um, one of the ways that life attempted to knock me down was definitely going through domestic violence. Um, It's definitely a, a, it was quite an experience, especially going through that with someone you thought you would spend the rest of your life with. Um, and you kind of like, in a way, this is what some women, at least I'll speak for myself, like, I thought I could change him to a fit my life because I grew up in church. I knew, um, you know, train up a child in the way that it should go and you would not depart from it. I was that child. I was really involved in church. Whereas in his family, he he's seen his mother um, go through domestic violence and um, his father was going through, you know, street stuff. And so it was just like, he didn't have, you know, the two parent home, the loving parents and stuff. So it I just thought like, oh, maybe I can just like bring him this way. And so he can experience what I'm feeling. And, and, um, at some point, what, what do they say? Like that term, build up a beer type of thing. Um, I thought I can just like, oh, you don't have to like remove him from that traumatic household and come this way. And, um, at, and he was, he was, you know, playing the part until he wasn't playing the part. You get what I'm saying, Ginger? Like, and they, when, did, when did that shift start? I would, it's mostly when my daughter was born. When my daughter was born, he started going to the club more with his friends. Oh, not friends. Okay. I didn't even have any friend. He, um, cousins. And so it was more so. And then I learned that he had cheated on me. And, um, there was this other woman pregnant. Who knows? Like, so so somewhat I've heard he has a, a baby out there I don't know but I, I was just like okay and I forgave him because at that time I was from being with my family he um find a way to isolate me from them so I ended up moving out my parents house um living with him in another city even though that's like 20 minutes away in Rhode Island that's far away for us Okay, so I'm in another city by myself. I don't know nobody. I'm not, um, I don't know nobody. I don't know, um, I don't have any friends. It's just me and his family. So, yes, um, so I was isolated. And so I 
all I had as friends was his family. So whenever something went bad in my relationship, I would just rely on his mom and his sister, who at the time had my back up until I reported him for domestic violence. So. And what led you to report him? His mom. Honestly, honestly, like he, we were living together. And at the time he was like choking me up and like, um, macking me and stuff. Um, he would cup his hands around my neck and pick me up while I'm pregnant. I was like three, five, three to five months pregnant with my son at the, that point. My daughter never witnessed the abuse. I thank God for that. She was always at my parents' house. But him, um, but my son I never witnessed because he was in my belly as well. But I, he, I'm pretty sure it, it affects the baby as well if the mother's in distress. So he would like literally, you know, um, gaslight me. And um, it came to a point where this one time it um it was he was cheating he got caught cheating so I I confronted him about it and instead of admitting to it he would hit me so then I told his mother about it the night before because I don't have nowhere to go like where am I gonna go at this point I don't I didn't feel safe enough I didn't even think I could go back to my parents house because of the way I left so at this point I was just like I felt like I had nobody so I so I reached out to the mom and she was like she's coming blah 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 came he said something to her and I, I remember saying to him, what if it was me? What if it was me going out there and, um, you know, meeting these different men and stuff? How would that make you feel? And he lifted his hand and it's like, like it was an open hand slap, but it was uh, so hard. Like I'm little, I'm only at the time I was like 115. So he open hand slapped me and I went flying. I went flying. I was sitting on a chair and I went flying and his mother was like, oh my goodness. And he like, he knew what he did and he ran out the house. So mom was like, if I were you, I need, you need to call you. If I were you, I would call the police. And it's crazy because at that time, I didn't even think at all the times that he had put his hands on me. I never thought to call the police because I loved him and I didn't want anything to happen to him. And I wanted to protect him. He's the father of my children. I didn't. I never thought like, oh wait, I can call the police. So when mom was like, oh, you need to, um, if I were you, I'll call, I'll call the police. I was like, oh wait, I could call the police. So when I did, she like went after him, and you know that he got arrested for that night, whatever. And the very next day, mom, I went to her house and she kicked me out the house. And she was like, why would you call the police on him? You know, and I was just like this when I was like, oh, this is this is when I really clicked like, oh, they were really raised different. Like, this don't make no sense. This don't yeah. make Because didn't she, wasn't she the one who told you? She the one that told me to call the cops. And now she's mad at me for calling the cops on her son. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know how they say, like, some parents have, like, moms have soul ties with their son? Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was legit that, like, she she's seen that her son has flaws. And she kind of was like, yeah, I got your back. But then at the same time, like, no, ma'am, like, I'm going to protect mine, even with his flaws. I'm not that mom. I'm sorry. I told my, I told my, I have a 13-year-old son. I said, you raise hand on a kid, uh, on a female, anybody, like, 
I, I'm snitching, bro. I'm not hiding you. Like you, you, you're wrong. That's literally crazy. Because when you first said she told you to call the police, I was like, wow, that takes a lot as a mother to tell somebody I, that. So then when you said that she flipped on you, I was like, wow. Me the very next day, I was like, oh, wow. So I felt alone. And then so they went around going through when the family, when the news broke out to family, they went around on a tour telling family members all he did was mush her. He just mushed me on the forehead. And so because I'm like high emotions, like I'm not, I'm feeling big feelings and I don't have anybody I could turn to. Like he even isolated me from my own friends I had for over 10 years. So it was just like, I have nobody and you're going on a tour saying that you only mushed me on the forehead lightly and I called the cop. I felt alone. I felt like maybe my words don't matter anymore like nobody's gonna listen to me nobody believes me maybe it's my fault that he cheated on me like what did I do wrong like I started placing the blame on me something that Marsha did to cause him to behave this way yeah exactly that's that's how it, what we do <laughs> I don't I don't want to say yeah. what we do that's what we our former selves that's yeah. the thought pattern because I know the women that we are today definitely would not think like that but in the moment that's how you think and yeah. I can relate to the whole I feel like there's this weird mentality around calling the police because it's like as a woman like what else am I supposed to do like what are my options mm -hmm. and it, it is very important if you are experiencing abuse to get it documented that will yeah. really be helpful for you but once you do it like some people definitely look at you funny and that happened between uh, my daughter's father and like his family as well was like oh like you brought the police into this I don't know it's so weird because it's like it's well, so weird how they react to it's like um why wouldn't you bring the police to this like why wouldn't you do you not see his behavior and and it's crazy I don't I didn't really recognize when I was when I'm in it I don't I didn't really I noticed but didn't fault him you know and I get it. Like he is generational. This is what he saw. But at the same time, when you're in it, you don't really see it until you get out. Exactly. When I got when I got out, that's when it was so clear to me. I was like, yo, this dude needs some help. It's like some real help. And when and it's crazy because I could be honest with you, like it's 2023. We're in what month? October. And it really didn't end till last year. Like the physical part ended 13 years ago the verbal abuse didn't end until 2022 in august like from there like he found ways to like try to torment me like i didn't date it wasn't easy for me to date because of him like i didn't want to be the girl to be like oh i got baby daddy drama uh-uh no i actually was trying to run from it like i didn't like to cause it or nothing like i was skedaddling like I didn't want him in no shape or form but yet he was chasing me like like it was like um what some would say narcissistic behaviors like if mm -hmm. he was happy to learn that I was single it was like oh nobody wants you you're a mom with two kids and stuff your body's messed up because I went through I have the diastatic recti I don't know if you're familiar with that it's a separation of the abs and stuff so 
to him is like, yeah, nobody's going to want you. Look at your stomach is jacked up. Like he was like, in a way, placing curses in my life. And I didn't realize because I allowed him to say these things. I allowed him to, to let his words penetrate in my life. And I didn't feel um, safe enough to let a man protect me or like to even bring them into that, that space in my life like why why would I put you in that type of you know so I went into survivor mode I had to protect Marsha and then I had to protect my kids and one of the ways I did it was at three years old my kids were always in therapy my kids was always in therapy I think last year was probably or earlier this year they're like okay I'm therapied out I need a break So. Wow. I love that you put your kids in therapy. Um, that's so important. And I think it is an, an act of love as a parent to give your child like that help and those resources. And then for you to do it from such an early age is like, is very proactive. So I commend you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, even though my kids didn't physically, I mean, didn't see the um abuse, but when I left, they seen the verbal abuse. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put them in therapy. I'm going to go in therapy. They're going to do therapy. And we're just going to, you know, just in case, just in case. We don't have to wait till something happened bad in our life to get therapy. You know, it's not always that you really, if you just need to like, some of us don't have people to, we could just feel safe to vent to, you know, that's what they're for. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Love that perspective. So let's go back a little bit. So you called the police, you reported the domestic violence and you left. Can you talk about like after you left what it looked like over the years? Like, was it did you get into other relationships? Did you repeat the patterns? Um, how did you find help and resources to move forward can you speak to some of that like was it easy was there struggles like oh it was a struggle for sure like after him I um I I did get not in a relationship I thought it was a relationship but that's when I learned about friends with benefits because I thought to at the time you either have to be married to have intercourse or in a relationship and so that's when I heard about friends with benefits and but I didn't know I thought this guy was really into me so, so, you know, and then I learned about later on that he was he, with a whole situationship with some his kid's mom. And I was really just I was like, what the heck? Like I went through there was a lot of patterns. And then there was a lot of times where because how I got with my kid's father was rather quickly. It was le legit like we were together in June, July and then pregnant. You know, so it was just like back to back. And then so I repeated that the pattern started to repeat for every guy I got with. It was within weeks. So I thought it was normal. I thought it was normal to like quickly have feel these type of big feelings and jump into a situationship or a relationship. I thought it was, um, yeah, I thought it was normal. So, but then I kept getting hurt at the end and it's either, but. But it wasn't just me getting hurt. I would do the hurting too. I would do the hurting too because at the, some point I was just like, I was, first of all, I wasn't doing 
therapy. I those my even though my kids were doing therapy, those times I would not do therapy. Like there was gaps in between. So I would just like numb the pain and then go under somebody else, do my own thing, you know? And then that would that wouldn't it wouldn't like something bad would happen to me. Like I went through rape. I went through sexual abuse a few times. And um with all that happening, I literally like numb myself and just was like, I would do, I would be the one to hurt somebody else. I would hurt you before you hurt me. It was like a coping mechanism. It's like, now I'm in control of my life. You're not going to hurt me. Yeah. You, you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you too much of me for you to um use against me. Um, Yeah. So it's that's actually in my book as well. So um, I use that the last person that hurt me, it stands in proxy of all the hurt I experienced over years, the patterns that I was that I experienced over the years from, you know, starting from childhood to adulthood. And yeah, I um the healing process, how it looked like, I would say at least, you know, yeah, what I didn't it was healing process but I didn't know it was a healing process so I guess one of the coping mechanisms some of them was especially when it came to co-parenting because I had to continue to co-parent with him was remove direct access to me so I'm not there's this thing where you know so basically I would block him from all social medias whatsapp um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Cash App, because he would send me a dollar just to try to communicate. You know how he give you the four? Yep, he would. He was creating. <laughs> yes, he would send me a dollar like we need to talk type of thing. Blocked him on that Bible app. Um, I blocked him on that. I didn't, I didn't know if he read the Bible or not, but I blocked him on that. Um, PayPal, any way, any way he can access me, I blocked it. The only way for me to like, um, if I really need to talk to him or like regarding the kids, it would be through email. That was the only access. When whenever he needed to speak to me, email, email, keep record. But because he was inflicting the abuse towards me and not the children at the time, um, I would buy them like iPads, tablets, iPods, and whenever they're around Wi-Fi you can go ahead, which was all the time, he can go ahead and contact them. So I was like creating this boundary. Like, no, you want, you, you wanted to speak to me about the kids. I will send you a zoom link. I will send you a calendar link, but you don't have direct access to me. And it will take a minute. They'll fight back. They'll fight it. Cause they're used to contacting you whenever they want, cussing you out whenever they want. But me, I was like, I had enough. I'm ready. I, I'm, I, I'm ready to get my sanity back, my peace, claim my peace back. Like you no longer going to just to destroy what God has for me. Yeah. So. I'm really happy that you touched on co-parenting because that is something that is very real and very difficult. Like I also have to co-parent with my daughter's father. And it's just like you said, like you really do have to lay down boundaries like you're not just going to talk to me any type of way you can't just if it's not about our kids we don't really have much to talk about 
<laughs> like it really has to become that. It it takes a while because they will fight. They will find try to find ways and stuff. But once once they notice, like I really don't have access to her, and I really want to talk to my kids, I'm just gonna follow rules. Like like he at least he did. He was like at some point he was like my kids had iPads, and he would um you know he would contact them through there. And when when the kid when he had the children, he would try to control when I can talk to the kids. But I didn't let that bother me because my kids are very smart. When he would take the iPads, they emailed me. Okay, we talk about five, six, seven-year-old kids in school. Once they learn about email, what my I still have all my son's emails. He would email me. My daughter would email me. So I love that. <laughs> kids are very smart. I'm telling you. So he would take the tablets, the iPads, and stuff. And then um, I'm like, oh, how come you're emailing me? They're like, well, dad took the iPad. He doesn't want me to contact you. So I'm like, okay, how, what, what, like, it's, I, I want to ask them, like, what made you think of an email? But I'm so glad they thought of it because that was the second best thing. Yeah. Was it hard to let your children um, spend time with their father or was it court ordered? It was um, court ordered and. At first, it was because I had in my mind that I can control what's going on over there, too. And that's where we mess up. We cannot control who he brings around them. We can't. No matter how even, no matter how you put it, like, even if you go to court, like, oh, this, this, that. If the girl or the people around them is not abusing the child, you cannot control it. It's just like, it's just simple. And so then I had to like learn like, okay, his new girlfriend's not abusing my kid. Let me leave that alone. She was actually willing to like meet with me to reassure me, which they, they do that. But of course, at some point when the kids started getting older, they email everything to me. They tell me everything anyways, when they get home, get home. I don't ask them exactly what is going on in there over there, but they would come home like, oh, she did this to me, blah, blah, blah. And I would go to dad like, hey, that's not cool. Like, this this is, should not be happening. And so sometimes he'll agree with me and sometimes he'll, I'll get cussed out like, you can't tell him what to do, da, 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 da. So be, when it comes to that, back and forth where he's like, oh, um, that's not what happened, da, 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 and stuff, I, I'm going to believe my kid no matter what. So now I'm going to send DCYF over there for a child well-being while they're there. Might get an email, mom, she did this or he did this. I'm sending child DCYF to your door. That's what we call it in Rhode Island, DCYF. So that's just how it, and so that's, that's another way to keep record as well. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> We're just talking about co-parenting, but I'm really happy that we touched on um, having things documented, even though it is kind of like a pain in the butt, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie, it is kind of frustrating that it's like every time we talk or every time there's a communication, we have to have record of it in some form. But at the end of the day, like God forbid something happens, like you have proof, you have something to show for. You're not just making claims, which is super important. Right, right. I mean, I'm so happy I did because. Again, August 2022, that's when, like, a break major breakthrough, like, the Holy Ghost came through. When I tell you, like, my kids, 
he's at some point as they got older he started to abuse them because he now is abusing substance abuse um alcoholism whatever and so when he would come home the kid he would just be just a hot mess and so he would take out his anger on the kids and so now the kids are like i don't feel safe coming to dad's house and it, and when the court order is that at, now at this point, the new court order before it was every other week, every weekend that it became every other weekend. And then he will take them for the holidays. And so now this time the kids in the summertime, he would have them the entire summertime. Now the kids don't feel safe going there. So they decided I'm not going to dad's house anymore. They stopped going January 2022. And so he will show up with the cops asking like oh it's my weekend blah 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 and the cops will stand like hey he has court order and I was like I understand that but if you um, my children don't want to go so he's like no it's it's you that you know he thinks I'm the one that's you know telling saying that they don't want to go but when the cops ask to speak to the children and they verbally say I don't feel safe going to dad's house the cop cannot drag your kids out the house they cannot if the child said I don't want to go I don't feel safe they they have no right they can't force the child to go to dad's so the it, it forced dad to like get a lawyer and take me to court but he didn't take get a lawyer he decided he was his lawyer so <laughs> oh, i know what that's and, like right and i we, he's been taking me to court every year since 2014 wow the 20- I was in court every single year he was always taking me to court and I had a lawyer I always had a lawyer and then my lawyer had passed away during COVID and I was like oh now I'm by myself like what am I gonna do and when he had take asked me to um serve me to go to court last year I was just like I need a big shot lawyer at this point I'm ready to drop some big coins because I'm so sick of this man and and it was his way of manipulating like any way he can get me to court and like, you know, he, his goal was to get off of child support. And um, like every time I got paid for the $85 I was getting for both kids, he would just, he would um, um, message me or my children, can you ask your mom to give it back to me type of thing. So it was just like nonsense. <laughs> I've been taking care of my kids financially since I left, you know? So it was like, um, for him, he it was I don't know just I don't know why he just from 2014 to 2022 he he was always taking me to court. So I went to go get me a big shot lawyer, and shut that all down. My kids were able to go to court and um, talk about the abuse. They mind you, they didn't even know they were talking to the judge. So the judge had took taken off her robe, and she didn't let nobody else in. And she talked to the kids one by one individually, and they said the same thing, and to the judge and the judge, and they asked the judge the same thing, which is visitation. Um, visitations they don't want to sleep overnight. It wanted they want it to be a monitored, supervised visitation. They want dad to get anger management courses. They want dad to um get um substance abuse courses and stuff like a few courses and then they'll feel comfortable scheduling visitation um supervised um visitation with my brother and they, the judge asked her asked them why not with mom they said because he beats women he don't beat men 
did they see him um like abuse his girlfriends over the years yes they wow. did they did and um they would tell me like oh he did this and stuff and then they it's to a point that they seen they recognized the patterns for themselves they seen enough to be like wow this whole time my daughter my daughter will tell you this whole time he'd been trying to take us from you because they he wanted to get off a of child support but he didn't really want us he wanted the benefit of not having to pay child support and then they recognize they're 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 able to articulate their feelings appropriately like they will say they'll say the word he you are manipulative you are you are you are a narcissist they will say that to him and he will be so shocked that they are speaking to him in directness because they had enough they've seen enough and it's not saying to them uh, to them i always remind them don't disrespect him though that's still your dad we are still praying for him to be healed I don't want you guys to bash him. None of that. We're praying for him to to be healed and God will heal him. We're believing God will heal him. And one day when he does, when he is healed, he'll come back around and apologize. And he will. And and I want you guys to still have that open door for him. But yeah. That's very powerful. And I love that perspective. And I think it's so important to address that as well. Um, because it is easy as, you know, as a mom and everything to, and especially when you're dealing with some shenanigans, mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. talk, like just talk so much trash about that man. But I I don't think that is the right way to do it, especially not in front of your children. You know, if you want to go vent, you go write in your I, journal, I, you can't call an adult, but right. you don't, I, you can't do that in front of your kids. I will admit though, there was, before I got to that point of you know you know what I'm no longer engaging back and forth I used to go and cuss him back back and forth and my kids did witness that when I would go have to pick up the kids and stuff and we'll just be going back and forth and I I feel bad after because I'm like dang I'm so sorry that you guys had to witness that it takes a toll on them it takes a toll and I don't want my son or my daughter to wake uh, to grow up thinking it's okay so I had to make the conscious decision to disengage Number the one of the first things I did was do not rely on him financially. If you have to do government assistant, do what you got to do. Remember, the government assistant is a stepping stool and not a permanent tool. Okay, so even though they will put him on child support and stuff, and it's still like a, <laughs> it's a, it's still like a headache and stuff. But still, like again, it's a stepping stool. Use it to your advantage. Go go get you a college. They will pay for your college, for your certificate and whatever, medical assistant, medical billing, um, IT, whatever. There's programs in your state where you can use that, get a college degree, get a certificate program to advance in your workforce, right? They give you child voucher. You ain't got to rely. If you don't have family members that could take your child or his family is, is the only family, you can get a child voucher and... Um, from the state and they will cover daycare they will cover before and after school even when they're in middle school they will cover after school I so there's resources right yeah like you you don't have to stay stuck i know daycares are 
not ideal in some states like oh you know but shop around find it find it because it it takes away it, you're trying to gain your peace back at this point yeah. you're are trying to gain your peace back and you're trying to make sure you're, you're good and your children's good. Finance, the finance part, you relying on them is something they get to hold over your head and throw back on you. Another thing, disengage when in conversation that's not about your children. Why does he need to know who you're dating? Why are you sharing personal information about you, what you're doing? Oh, even if you got yourself a house and stuff, he don't need to know that. Keep your wins to the people who cares you know he he's trying to find ammo to use against you i say he because you know it, I, i'm a female and stuff but like it's vice versa for male you can use these tools these um resources for a male who's going through the same thing with a woman yeah so yeah, yeah keep the communication disengaged even though, um, yes, you may feel triggered and you would want to like, ah, 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 forget about it. Don't, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. L um, disengage, go scream, uh, go scream it out, whatever, yell it out when he's off the phone. Go to God, pray, fast about it. Don't engage with this. No point, no point. You already know how that person thinks. What's the point of fighting them for what? Now, you're not even fighting the person anymore you're fighting the spirit behind that person exactly exactly so you need to go and pray for at that point yeah and i'm just thinking about the quote that says something about like you need to learn the difference between like who deserves an explanation or your words and who deserves your silence and in many of these cases silence is really the best option because you can explain everything so perfectly so kindly and honestly and truthfully and there it's like they're not gonna receive it at all or they're still gonna find it's just not gonna just doesn't it's like exactly you know, they're not receiving me they're not understanding what I'm saying so what's the point it's the spirit you're fighting so just yeah and also um going back to letting your kids around their dad um I remember when I first had my daughter, I was nervous about when she would spend time with her dad. I didn't believe that he would hurt her or anything, but I was just concerned about the things that she might see while she's around him. And I just had people tell me and remind me that like, as your kids get older, they're going to see what it is. They're going to see who's the good parent, who's the bad parent. They're going to see all that for themselves. Like you don't need to tell them, you don't need to talk down. Like they're going to see it for themselves. And that's one thing that I really appreciate about your kids is that emotional intelligence that they had at such an early age because some adults don't even have the skills or the language that your children do. So yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so let's transition now to the good part that I like to talk about, which is how do we get back up, right? Because you have been able to do so much um you've been able to travel you've been able to write a book you started your journal by the water ministry and all these things um and I heard you speak in Atlanta and you gave such a beautiful like picture of planting seeds and to see the woman that you are today and how God is moving in your life I know that that wasn't the version that you were a couple years ago when you were like in the midst of this so can you talk about how you got back up and how you became the version of yourself that you are today. 
I would say, honestly, God, God is God. God was God. And um, I went to through like I threw my hands up and I was like, I'm no longer living by my own understanding. I already did it on my own. And you've seen over the years of turmoil, the struggle, the trauma I went through. So this time around, I'm not getting up under nobody. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I was more intentional. I definitely um, surrendered. I went to church and I surrendered. I was like, I'm giving God my yes. I am no longer like, God, whatever you have for me is what I'm doing. If you want me to move this way, that's where I'm moving. If you want me to go that way, I'm going that way. You want me to sit still, I'm sitting still. Um, I was intentional with fasting. I definitely, I scheduled, um, even when, even though I need my social media for my businesses and ministry and stuff, if God was like, I need you to give me this week, I'm get, I gave him my week. So I would literally deactivate all social medias. And you know when I'm going. And it's you. they'll, they'll message me. Like, Masha, you good? Yes, I'm. it's me and the Lord. Me and the Lord is having a conversation this week. And y'all know, fasting. So I would um, fast every other week. Some people can't. So I would say, like, do pick one day of the week and you fast. Monday. Mondays, you're, do it. You know, so I was really intentional with doing that. I um, I prayed. I went to every Bible study you could think of. I kind of like really just went. I I went to God. I went to. I created my prayer closet, and it was just. I I stopped. Yeah, I really just stayed with God. I stopped going out with friends, and like it was like God was isolating me for that time to just connect with Him, and that's what I did really. And yeah, I love that because I mean, yes, it's great to like talk about I went to therapy, I use the resources, blah, 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 like the physical things. But I think that there's such a spiritual aspect to these types of relationships that we do not talk about enough. So I'm honestly really glad that you said that. And this might sound a little bit crazy, but I feel like to me and to you it will make sense but last night I was listening to cover by God and with Tiffany Montgomery and she was talking about how like that narcissist is the the result of your idolatry like that abusive relationship was the result of your idolatry because God is a jealous God and I was like oh yep yeah that makes so much sense to me because I for so many years um, as a girl and everything and even into like my early adult years I made such an idol out of marriage I just wanted to be married by any means like I just wanted that more than anything and I just took it into my own hands rather than submitting it to God and praying over it and just saying God I want who you want for me God I don't want to be just married God I need a God-fearing husband and somebody who knows you and seeks you and who will be a a real priest and protector and provider over our household I didn't do any of that I was just like I want to get married by any means and so because I was all about taking matters into my own hands and making things happen for myself that's how I ended up in this abusive relationship because the thing about God is like if you keep asking and asking and asking at some point he's going to give you what you asked for yep. and you're going to see oh wait a yep. minute 
So I'm happy that you touched on the spiritual aspect of these relationships and um, the healing process because if you, I feel like, I mean, I just think it's the best way to do it, to surrender it, everything into God's hands and to invite him in, really. Because if you keep doing things on your own, you cannot break the cycle on your own. You right. Because it's you not, it's a spiritual thing. It's very think, spiritual. Mm -hmm. Like this, I, I think what was different for me to transition to um, open doors was literally that, was literally, um, it was the breakup and then normally in a breakup when I go through a breakup it's I'm down for three months okay I'm down I'm going through the press I'm closed doors I'm stuck home blah 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 but with um this time around was like God was saving me God was saving he was resting I didn't feel you know I didn't feel like I was gonna I went through the breakup emotions but it wasn't as heavy as it wasn't, it was, I guess the enemy was trying to destroy me, but he didn't. So I don't know. I just thank God that I, by submitting my yes and really walking through and literally doing what I, everything that I, um, he asked me to do and going to him first with anything. Like if somebody gave me a prophecy and stuff and I may not quite understand it right then and there, I'm going to God like, God, is this for you? from you oh okay like confirming like he became my best friend so I love that and I really love talking about journals like I have my journal coming out hopefully soon and you have your guided journal that just came out so was journaling a part of your healing process as well oh, yes yes that was like the number one thing um number one thing like God one of the things he said prepare my prayer closet I prepared it. It took me, it took a fight, but I prepared it. And then journaling. And that's how that ministry came through. He was just like journal by the water. And I was like, okay, let me gather a few friends and just journal by the water. And um, no, it became bigger than what I expected to be. Um, but journaling was definitely very helpful. All the questions I asked myself are in the book. Um, those few times I put the journal down because it was like, even though to me, to some, it may be like, oh, this is a basic question. But when you're going through a healing process, it's a little bit different. It's like, wow, like I'm asking, I'm asking me, who am I? Who am I without the accolades, the achievement, the certificate? Like, who is Marsha? Like, that's hard to answer and don't ask me now because I don't want to answer either <laughs> but no, you know like it, um it's it, it's you know it's it's um journaling is really helpful because now I look back and I'm like Whoa. yeah I'm like who was that first like thank god thank you god for for helping me through this process to want to journal all the things that I went through to who I am now. Like I'm literally walking in the path that God attended me to have. Like I'm walking like this.
things are happening in my life where I'm just like, what the heck? Just a few months ago, this was happening. Now, look at what God has done for me. Like, just a few months ago, I was living in Rhode Island. Now I'm living in Memphis. Like, what? Yeah, I love God, that. I gave God my yes. And then a few months later, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. Everyone that I meet there, they're like, what What brought you here? And I'm like, God, there's no other way to put it. Like, I'm just, I gave him my yes and here I am. I love that so much. And going back to the journaling and saying like, who am I? That is so key because I don't think the average person doesn't ever stop to really ask themselves that. Or it takes like, crisis for them to get yep. to that point and I have that question in my journal too and I think the fact that I had decided a little bit um in college let me start asking myself these type of questions when so that a few years later when I went through my abusive relationship and just lost between the abusive relationship and then becoming a mom I just really lost like myself through all of that and I was just like a uh I heard somebody say a shadow of themselves or just like a, I like to say a fraction of myself because it's like you are not who you once were, or who you know that you can be. And there's just there is the emptiness and there is the presence of pain for sure. But I think you have to know that you do not have to stay in that place. And God is a restorer and he can take you from that broken place to walking in purpose to creating beautiful things yeah. and you know being a great mom and all of that so anyways i love that it's so true um to know who you are to know who you are and whose you are um and hold on to those things especially ide identity i think is a big deal because yeah. when you don't know who you are you will just try to find it in all the wrong places yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I love journaling too for the same reasons because it's just like to look back and see what the Lord has done. It's just so exciting. So, I'm definitely going to. Do you have a link for your journal yet to purchase? I ha I still have the pre order link. Um, but I am working on the, you know, the landing page and getting the, you know, so I do have like the first copy. I have the first copy of the book and then I did notice like, you know, some errors. So I'm going to go back. Oh, and, okay. And then once I have it like ready, I promise you guys will hear it all over my social media. You'll see it. Um, The commercial will be out. So you'll see it. So perfect. Yes. I can't wait to start selling my journal as well, but I feel, I know what your journal looks like and I know what my journal looks like and they're, different so I love to give people options so I'm definitely going to um, keep the name of your title in the show notes so at least people have the name and they can find it that way because I hope I really believe that it will be a great tool for somebody who was like let me try this journaling thing I've been hearing about it I keep seeing yeah. it I need to don't don't buy the shadow journal okay buy our journals <laughs> that's all, right. all I can say yeah yeah the shadow okay we're not gonna okay. go into that but <laughs> Like people should read like as, like you're buying books but read who is writing the book like read about the author mm -hmm. anyways <laughs> so I 
also shifting gears like to talk about authenticity and being yourself because I think it's very powerful when you show up as who you are and you don't wait for everything to be perfect for you to show up so what does it look like for you to live life with no filter and just authentically be yourself it's a new um journey for me actually because for a long time I lived my life pleasing and um others and becoming the person that they want me to be now I'm living for God and I'm living I, I'm doing I'm living I'm, I am experiencing me really like who I am with God and I love this about me let us I'm like mm, thank you Lord <laughs> like I enjoy me like th- one of the questions they ask you people ask you like would you date you yes with the Holy Spirit running through me yes I love I love who the woman he God made me I love the woman who's he's continued to help me grow into like um I enjoy I one thing like if I when I get when I get into a relationship that soon in Jesus name claiming it <laughs> I will be me like I will not I will I will be me I will continue to be me I will pray for you Hopefully you pray for me. You will pray for me in Jesus name. Like <laughs> uh, I will, I, I won't hide. I won't, um, nobody can dim my light because we're talking about God. God is my light. He's not dimmable. If that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know what you mean. Cause you, you shared on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, how, and you've never really been yourself in a relationship. And one time you did, and it shifted how the guy saw you. And so yeah. going forward, you're not going to be doing that anymore. So I love that because I think I was transparent a couple episodes ago when this question was brought up and I had to say the same thing that I'm still working on being free from other people's opinions and working on showing up as myself. And all the time people are like, girl, when you turn 30, you're just going to stop caring. When you turn 30, it's a magical number. So I I feel free hearing you say no, I'm actually working on that right now because I feel like there's this, I don't know, like, I don't know if we're just supposed to, if there's like a quote unquote magic number, I don't really subscribe to that or what, like, it, it just feels good to hear that. Like, yeah, I'm working on that right now. Like it's not some perfect God, answer. Yeah. That's what literally people say when you turn 30, you're, you're, you're not going to care. No, it's literally when you decide, like, I am no longer going by my own strength like nah like you it could be right now you could be 25 and decide right now I'm giving God my yes and I'm just going to enjoy the peace of God period I love that and also because I was just listening to church today and he mentioned about uh is it Jeremiah who thought he was he was too young I feel like it's Jeremiah who was like God, I was, I'm not like they're not going to listen to me. I'm young, and God was like, "Don't worry about your age." I'm pretty sure it was Jeremiah. Anyways, um, but- and it's so powerful. And this is in the Bible too, which I, I think it's in Lamentations when it talks about seeking the seeking God while you're young. It's mm-hmm. so powerful 
to see a young person who is rooted in God, who is confident in God, because people will tell you, oh, when you get to this age, oh, when you get older. And sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to wait. <laughs> I believe that I can have access to these things now. So if there's somebody young listening, I hope that you know that you don't need to wait until you get older to start showing up as yourself or to be free from others opinions you can start doing that now it might take a, a while it might be a process but there's no life is a life life is gonna life you're going you might face some obstacles in your life but just know that you can look up and know that god it god got you like you're not by yourself it's not we're not gonna sit here and say oh this is an easy walk in the park it's not it's mm-hmm. not you'll find yourself crying and groaning before the Lord. Even when you you don't understand, why am I going through this? Why did you choose me to go through this, God? And you really got to reframe your mindset and your the word and be like, why not me? There's a testimony. God knows the strength. God knows the, the, the God in you. Why not you? I need it to be you so I can see there's some it could be either somebody around you that he's trying to show something to or it's you it has to you just gotta let your let him write your story yes I love that and he writes some really really good stories (laughs) yes girl (laughs) so I'm just gonna finish up wrap up with a few quick questions and these I didn't send you these but they are they're easy questions. You just go with whatever comes to mind. So I love to travel. Um, yeah, I love traveling. I haven't done a lot of traveling this year. It's just not that season. But when it is, when when the circumstances are right, I love to travel. Like I would literally go somewhere at least every month if I could. Like yeah. that. So anyways, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Greece. Greece. I want Greece so bad. I want to go to Greece so bad. I don't know why. I just seen this um a few years ago. A uh, old coworker of mine went with her sister, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want to go!" And ever since, I'm like, "I want to go. I want to go to Greece." Yes. And it will happen one day. I can definitely see you there, like living your best life. <laughs> is there a song that is kind of like an anthem for you, or just a song that you have been playing on repeat in this season that you like to share with somebody? It's actually a song in Creole. I'm Haitian. So um, let me try. I'm trying to remember the song. It's um, I'm trying to translate it. It's um, a Holy Spirit, I need you now. Do something in my life that you've never done before. And it's like, I don't want to sing it, but. <laughs> okay, you don't have to sing it. Yeah, but you it's can send, like, me, send um, me the link for it or something, and I'll yeah, share it. Of course. So it's like, act, act, activate your presence in my life. Do something. It's a prayer. So activate your presence oh, wow. in my life. Something that you never did in my life before. Like, And it's a powerful prayer song because I am literally seeing what God is. Like, he, he, like I'm literally in this season seeing everything that I prayed for is coming to life. Like everything and even and, and everything that I pray for doesn't look like what I think it might look like. Like we we may that have a, a thought 
thinking this is what it's going to look like. It's going to come through my job. But God, but God has, but we're talking about God. Let's be for real. It doesn't, what we think and thought is doesn't align to what God really is saying. Like, I would have never thought, like I had written last year in my journal, how I said that one day I am going to own a property out of state and I'm going to rent it out. I'm thinking I'm going to own a property in Atlanta because I thought that's what I was going to end up owning, like going and um, owning a property out there in Atlanta one day. And I was praying for it. Right. Guess what? God moved me to Memphis. The house that I want, I own in Rhode Island is a property out of state that I'm currently renting out. Like, yeah. stop playing. I love that. Playing. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, God. So, yeah. Love that. that. that- Okay, we're gonna, I do have like a lot of Haitian friends. I love Haitian people. So just in case somebody's listening, we're gonna put that song in the show notes in case yes. you want oh, to listen to it. And lastly, is there either a book that you have read recently or a book that you just read at any time that like shifted something for you or changed your perspective? Um, My most recent book is the Bible, really. I've been really, um, I actually have it right in front of me as we speak. Um, <laughs> Matthew 7, 7 has been the scripture for me, um, which is, I had it in front of me, which was like, ask, you shall receive. Let me not butcher the Bible. Okay. No, that's such a good verse. So I definitely want you to like share it word for word. Yes. It's ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. That literally is my verse like I've been every day I read the scripture um and and the bible really is the book I'm reading and it's it's like new every time I read it something new I'm like okay didn't know this and like I did but I didn't got it (laughs) yeah and I'm happy you shared that verse too because one thing that that God has been speaking to me in this season is to ask 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 for more so I just have a feeling that somebody who's listening to this, you need to go and ask God, ask again, ask for more, whatever you've been asking for, go add some detail, go make it a little bigger. (laughs) So yes, that is all I have. So would you like to close out with anything, like any last words, whatever's on your heart? I would say don't give up, stay focused. God loves you. God loves you even when you're doing the worst thing in the world that you think you're by yourself and um, you have no one. You do have someone. God is there. You're not by yourself. Keep going. Keep going. Use that little mustard seed of faith and pick up and go. That's it. This is where I would insert the applause sound. (laughs) Thank you, friend. That was so good. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I concur. I agree. Keep going.